ready to go off here in just a minute. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm excited about the message. I really am. I'm excited about just how God is blessing the ministry. And just while we're sitting up here and the service is going on, people sending messages. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing messages come on the iPad. I've seen uh, Brother David sit down here on the front row. Your mama just sent us a message. His, his mom and daddy were up in age. And she said, thank you so much for broadcasting your services live so those of us who cannot be in church can watch the service at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm just thinking, man, what a blessing. How wonderful to be a part of something like this. I mean, it's just, you know, I just want to be a fly on the wall. Just let me be a little part. I mean, I just, you know, I'm just glad to be here today. Well, I want, to give you, I want to give you what God's laid on my heart this morning. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Luke 16. Luke chapter 16. And I think we're going to read a little bit more than what I've got on the screen today. It's just such a great chapter. Luke chapter 16. And Brother, uh, brother Allen, we're a little raspy today, so just give me all the monitor you can, if you will, brother. I sure appreciate Brother Allen. And came up here yesterday, and he had, he had been up here for a long time working, and we're, uh, Lord willing, when we move across the road, we're going to try to take our live stream to the next level. And uh, we do all of it by, by iPhone right now. <laughs> and it works. It works. In this building, it works. It's not going to work over there. And so Brother Al was here yesterday, and man, he was just working like crazy, trying to figure all this stuff out. And I'm so glad he can figure it out. Amen. Because I can't. Amen. And, uh, no, I'm picking, but I'm, I appreciate him coming yesterday, and he's working with these new cameras, and we're trying to just, again, uh, you know what? Uh, God's business is the most important business in the whole world. And, it, and if it is, and it is, then it ought to be treated that way. And so, you know what? We, we've not apprehended at Calvary Baptist Church. We want to do better. We want everything to be better because he's worthy, he, because he's better. And, uh, and we want to try to do better and better and better for our Lord. Luke chapter 16, uh, in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you'll stand this morning, if you're able, out of respect for the reading of God's Word, Luke chapter 16 and verse, uh, verse number 8. And uh, Alan, looks like our remote's getting a little low, and so I may need you to do that back there. We'll just see how it goes today. Luke 16, and uh, we're going to start in verse 1. I've got verse uh, 8 on the screen, but we're going to start in verse 1. Luke 16, verse 1. The Bible says, And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. And then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away, my, uh, taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. 
And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon. How many know what mammon is? It's money. Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. And may I remind us this morning that this is the Lord speaking. He said in verse number 10, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if not, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon or God and money. You may be seated this morning. Buckle up and hold on tight, church. Amen. Because, uh, man, I am excited about what the Lord has given me to give you this morning. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time, and we'll jump right into the Bible study this morning. Father, thank you so much. Oh, Lord, what a blessing it is to be in the Lord's house today. And, and uh, Lord, we're so privileged. We're so privileged to be uh, doing what we're doing and to be benefiting, Lord, from, uh, from the local New Testament church. And God, thank you that you've given us the freedom to do what we're doing in America. And then, Lord, thank you for giving us a wonderful church to attend in this area here in North Iredell County. We're so grateful for your blessings. And, and Lord, as we take just a few minutes and close out this service, I pray that you'll knit our hearts together and I pray that we'll learn, uh, Lord, what I believe is a life-changing truth. I, I pray that it will resonate in our minds and I pray it will lodge in our hearts. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will not be able to get away from this truth. I pray it will transform us and encourage us I pray that because of this truth that the sinner will be saved. And I, pr I pray because of this truth that the saved will be encouraged. And so, Lord, thank you for being so wonderful. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit now. And I pray that you'll have your way in this time. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 is what we would call a stewardship chapter. Now, we often go to Luke 16 to preach on hell. Uh, pastors go to the hell to preach on the doctrine of hell, and I'm all for that, and I've done that myself. But really, if you get down to it, Luke chapter 16 is a stewardship chapter. It's all about money management, and specifically uh, about money management. In fact, let me give you a quick outline that the Lord just gave me this morning. Uh, verses 1 through 13 talks about an unjust steward who mismanaged the loot of his master. Verses 14 through 17 talks about the Pharisee, Pharisees who mismanaged the law. Verse 18, all of a sudden, right in the middle of this stewardship chapter, verse 18 talks about divorce. And when you're reading through this chapter, you're like, what in the world? I mean, did they mess up by putting that verse in the wrong place? And the answer is absolutely not. We have a perfect Bible this morning. And so uh, Luke, uh, uh, Luke uh, 16, 18 uh, talks about the spouse who mismanaged the love in their relationship. Verses 19 through 31, that scripture that we often use on hell, really is about a rich man who mismanaged his life. 
and his family. Now, he did end up in hell. That's true. That's not false. That's true. But really, that whole idea is about a man who mismanaged his entire life. He had the opportunity to do better. He had the opportunity to, to reach his family, and yet he lost his entire life and the life of his family. So Luke 16 is a stewardship chapter. It speaks of money, and it speaks of finances. In fact, the Word of God has much to say about the subject of money. In fact, if you have, and I don't always have, but I, I brought my red-letter edition Bible this morning, and if you have a red-letter edition Bible this morning, you'll notice that most of Luke chapter 16 is in red. And the reason is because it's considered the words of Christ. Now, we know they're all the words of Christ, but, but you know what I'm, uh, what I'm saying. The Lord Jesus himself was teaching here in Luke chapter 16. And we notice that, uh, uh, it, that the whole chapter basically is talking about stewardship. Jesus often taught concerning riches. He often taught concerning stewardship. The Lord Jesus often taught concerning investment and even tithing. Now, for those of you here this morning, this oh, preacher's going to preach on money. I'm going to shut him down. Well, if you shut me down, it'll be the worst time of your life you've ever shut me down. And uh, uh, But anyway, uh, you, you got to understand something. Someone said that Jesus discussed the topic of money more than he ever spoke on faith and prayer combined. In fact, Jesus typically taught in parables. And 16 of his 38 parables were all about money or the way money was used as teaching spiritual truths. In fact, if you read your Bible, 2,300 verses in the Word of God deal with the subject of money. Are y'all feeling better about the message now? Did you know that roughly 15% of Christ's preaching was centered around the topic of buying, selling, saving, and stewardship? 15% of all the preaching that Jesus did was centered around the topic of money. It was in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 1 where Jesus challenged the people about giving an offering to be seen of men. It was in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 21 where Jesus spoke of our treasure. It was Matthew chapter 19 verse number 21 where Jesus spoke of giving your wealth away to others. It was Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 24 where Jesus warned against serving mammon or money. It was Luke chapter 3 and verse number 14 where Jesus spoke of being content with your wages. It was Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 42 where Jesus spoke about a poor widow that gave all her money in the offering. Two mites, if you remember. It was uh, Luke chapter 14, verse number 28 where Jesus talked about money planning and being a good steward. It was Matthew chapter 13, verse number 22, where Jesus taught on riches, hindering the seed of the word of God. It was Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, where Jesus talked about a man purchasing a field. 
It was in Matthew 19, verse number 23, where Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. It was in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, where the Lord Jesus Christ himself taught on financial and spiritual investment. He said there, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It was in Luke chapter 16 and verse number two where the Lord Jesus taught on stewardship and he said, give an account of thy stewardship. It was in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 23 where Jesus Christ addressed the subject of paying tithes, which we don't like to talk about. But you know what's in the Bible? Why not preach it? It's in the Bible. And if you ever miss that wonderful truth, you're going to miss a blessing. And uh, But Jesus talked about uh, the subject of paying tithes. Matthew 23, 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. And so this is my point this morning, that time and time and time again, not Paul, not John, not Peter, but time and time again, over and over and over and over and over and over, the Lord Jesus addresses the subject of money. Yet, we never find a single place in Scripture where Jesus ever bought anything. Over and over and over, he talks about money. He talks about finances. He talks about tithing. And yet, we never find a place where our Savior personally bought something for himself. We know in Matthew chapter 8, he had no home. The Bible tells us, and Jesus saith unto them, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Everything attached to the life of Christ was never purchased, but almost certainly borrowed. Now, I don't have the time to, I, I, I honestly, I don't have the time to give them all to you this morning, but can I give you just a few? You go through your Bible, you'll find out that time and time again, Jesus borrowed things. For instance, we notice that Jesus borrowed a trough. You say, wow, pastor, never seen that. Yes, he did. He was born in one. Amen. Would you take your Bibles this morning, please, and look over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7 this morning. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 7. <clears throat> I won't give you all these. I've got seven. And because <clears throat> and, this is really not the main part of the message, just just foundation. But we notice here that, for instance, Christ borrowed a trough for his bed. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 7, the Bible says that she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him 
in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. You talk about our Savior not being born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was not. In fact, he was born. The first scent that his little nostrils had were the scent of manure and animals and hay. And, uh, and Mary took the, the little body of Jesus Christ and she laid him in a trough. That's what a manger is. It's a, it's a trough that cows eat out of and donkeys eat out of. And, 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 and if you've ever seen a donkey or a, or, or a cow eat out of a trough, you know it's not a clean thing. And yet I'm sure that Mary lined it, but Mary laid the Son of God uh, in a trough. We notice, how about this? We notice that Jesus borrowed a tasty meal uh, to feed the 5,000. John chapter 6 is where I'm going. John chapter 6 and, and verse number 9 this morning. If you want to look there real quick, and I'm just going to hit these others, and we'll go on into the message here this morning. John chapter 6, verse number 9. The Bible says, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. Look at the next few words. The Bible says in Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And we find here that our Lord fed over 15,000 people out of one lunch, but the lunch wasn't his. He didn't buy it. He didn't buy it. That lunch was borrowed. How about this? We notice that Jesus not only borrowed a trough, and Jesus not only borrowed a tasty meal, but Jesus borrowed a transport to ride into Jerusalem on. Matthew 21, 2 says, saying unto them, go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And the Lord Jesus Christ needed a transport into Jerusalem, and he did not buy a horse, and he did not buy a mule, but he borrowed a mule that day to ride into Jerusalem. How about this? Jesus borrowed a tender for a teaching platform. Luke chapter 5. And verse number three, the Bible says, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. You know what the Lord said, Peter? Can I borrow your boat? I mean, there's such a multitude here of people, and he said, we need to put a little space between me and them. They were thronging the Lord, and, and the Lord said, Peter, can I borrow your boat? Can I borrow your tender? And, uh, and, uh, and the Lord Jesus got in that little boat and he cast it out from the shore a little ways and the Lord Jesus taught the multitudes. I thought about this. Uh, he borrowed a tax wage. That's right. In fact, in fact, do you know how he got this tax wage? He told Peter to go down to the, uh, go down to the water and he said, Peter, cast a hook. And he said, you're gonna catch a fish. And he said, when that fish comes up, look in his mouth. And he said, there'll be some money in his mouth. And he said, when you get that money, go pay our taxes. And, uh, and so the Lord Jesus borrowed that tax wage to set the example of being a good citizenship. Now, I just began to study through the Bible and I found, I just began to find all these things. How about this? How about this? Jesus borrowed a tenement, uh, a room to have his last supper in. Luke chapter 22, verse nine. And they said unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare? And I'm going somewhere, church. Don't y'all dare go to sleep now. Whatever you do, don't you go to sleep. Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, behold, when ye enter into that city, there shall a man meet you bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house 
where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the good men of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished there, make ready. And so the Lord said, fellas, we're gonna have the last supper. And he said, I've got a room barred. And he said, I want you to go find this man. He didn't reserve a room at the Holiday Inn. He didn't reserve the, 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 the conference room down at the Hampton. He said, fellas, I'm gonna borrow a room from a man that I know. And he said, I want you to go down there and I want you to, uh, to ready that room. He did not only borrow a trough. He did not only borrow a tasty meal. He did not only borrow a transport. He did not only borrow a tender and a tax wage and a tenement, but I got some good news. You know what else he borrowed? He borrowed a tomb, amen. You know why he borrowed that tomb? He wasn't gonna need it very long, that's why. He only stayed there three days and three nights. And the Bible says that Jesus Christ came out of that tomb. Matthew chapter 27, verse 59. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a, a, a clean linen cloth and laid it in his, not Jesus's, but in his own tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And so we notice here that Jesus taught on money and he taught on finances and he taught on stewardship and he taught on investment and he taught on tithing and he taught on all these things and yet we never find one solitary place where Jesus ever bought anything except one. Except one. He never bought a tomb. He never bought a room. He never bought a boat. And he never bought a meal. But I'm so glad that I can come to Yes, sir, brother. I'm, feel, I'm about to have a spell this morning. I'm so glad that I can come to this congregation today and say, guess what? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Although everything else in his life was borrowed, there was one thing that he purchased. And you're looking at him this morning. He bought me. Would you take your Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in your Bibles. Oh, and look at this scripture this morning. You say, Pastor, you better calm down. I can't. I got the can't help it this morning. I can't. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19. The Bible says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Which ye, have, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are what? You are borrowed? No, 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 no. That is not what it says. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Would you turn over one page to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and look at verse number 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 22. The Bible says, for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. Look at this, church. Ye are what? You're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. I want to tell you what, thank God this morning, you're looking at something that wasn't borrowed. You're looking at something that was purchased. You're looking at something that was bought. And, and by the way, have you ever bought something and you paid too much for it? Yeah, that's right. yeah. I have. 
Man, I purchased some things down, down, down the line. I look back now and I think, oh man. Oh man. What was I thinking? What was I thinking when I paid that much money for that thing? I paid way too much for it. And I said that to say this Calvary Baptist Church. Did you know that Christ paid a heavy price for something that really wasn't worth much? That's right. I'm talking about a little country boy by the name of Steve Pope who nobody knew and, uh, and maybe nobody knew about way out in the country of West Iredell County, but thank God, thank God, there was a God in heaven that knew me and loved me and sent his son for me and he didn't borrow me, but thank God he purchased me. And may I tell you the price that he's paid? In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, the Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. That's you, that's me. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Elvina Hall in 1865 said it like this, Jesus paid it all. (laughs) Y'all just have to excuse me. I'm going to have a good time today. Amen. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but thank God he washed it white as snow. Juanita Prophet wrote those words that our choir sings when justice called for a payment for sin. No one worthy could be found among men. But the precious Son of God, with the cross and thorny crown, paid the debt by the blood of the Lamb. Did you know this morning, Calvary Baptist Church, that the purchaser and owner of an item makes that item more valuable? Let me say that again because you didn't get that. The purchaser and owner of an item makes that item more valuable. Several days ago, I read an article, and it said that Elvis Presley's 1950 pink Cadillac was going up on the auction block. They said that, and it was a beauty. They said that the auction was that the auction bidding was to start at 18,000, but they forecasted it to go to a half a million. You know why? Because of who owned it. If I would have owned that pink Cadillac, it wouldn't have went near for that. But because Elvis Presley owned it, it was far more valuable. Did you know this morning, did you know this morning, I'm a collector's model. You, hey, hallelujah. You didn't think I was anything special. I want to tell you what, my dear friend, you're looking at a special edition this morning. Hey, did you know this morning that I am owned by the very best? Hey, man, I am owned not by Elvis Presley, not by Michael Jackson, not by Michael Jordan. Hallelujah to God. I am purchased and I am owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody sitting out there this morning, the devil's come to you and the devil says, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're junk, you ain't worth nothing, you ain't worth nothing, you ain't worth nothing. You just tell the devil going back to hell. And I want to tell you what, buddy, because of who owns you, that makes you valuable this morning. Boy, isn't Jesus good? Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could sing this morning. I preached that singing voice away, but if I could sing, 
I'd cut loose and start singing, once I was lost in sin's degradation, Jesus came down to bring me salvation, lifted me up from sorrow and shame. Now I belong to him, yes. Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me, not for the years of time alone. Thank God, but for eternity. I belong to Jesus. Sorry, old story. You've heard it, but I'm going to tell it. <laughs> Little boy got a kit to a sailboat. And man, it finally came. He got it all unpackaged and all the pieces. He set them out, got them organized. And that little boy started putting that, that sailboat together piece by piece by piece. Very carefully, he glued it here and he glued it there. And he put those pieces together just like the diagram said. And then he began to build those sails. And then he began to, he began to take that paint out and that paintbrush and he began to paint that sailboat until it was absolutely beautiful. He got some shellac and he put some shellac around it and cleared it. Oh, it was, a, it, it was, it was great. I mean, it was awesome. And the day came and he thought, boy, my little sailboat. He said, now I get to go sell it. I'm gonna sell it. He went down to the local lake there and uh, this was it. This was it. And he took that to sailboat and he placed it on the water. And sure enough, yes, yes, it was watertight. And that little sailboat sailed and he was so proud of that little sailboat. It was his, it was his. And he was so proud of it. Well, the wind got a little, got a little blustery that day and it began to blow the sailboat away and he, and he lost it. And, uh, uh, and, and he went out as deep as he could, but he couldn't get it. And the little sailboat got, got behind the wind and, and, it, and it carried it way out into the lake and he lost few of it. And the little boy went home that day and he's so sad. He lost his sailboat. He lost his sailboat. Well, a few days passed, and he was walking downtown, went right by the little hobby store, and, uh, and, 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 and right in the glass, in the front glass of the hobby store was his sailboat. It was his, his sailboat. Man, he, he, he ran into that, that business. He said, sir, sir, that's my sailboat. That's my sailboat. I want my sailboat. And that store owner said, son, I said, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But he said, you, that's, I paid money for that. You can't have it. You can't get it. He said, no, you don't understand, sir. That's my sailboat. That's mine. That's mine. He said, son, I'm just telling you. He said, you, if you want that boat, you can have it, but you're going to have to buy it. That little boy ran out of there. He began to do odd jobs and chores and took out the trash and swept the garage and mowed the grass and raked the leaves and, I mean, just trying to raise every bit of money he could. And several, 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 several days passed. And, man, he's just saving his money and saving his money. And finally, he saved enough. He walked into that hobby store. Man, he poured out all that change on the counter. And that store owner began to wade through all that change. And, and sure enough, he had enough. And, and he said, here you go. Here you go, Sonny. Here, here's, here's your sailboat. And they said that little boy took that sailboat and he hugged that thing close to him. Yes, come on, Lord. And he hugged that thing close to him and he walked out the door and he said, you're mine, you're mine, you're mine. You're mine twice, you're mine twice. He said, I built you and now I bought you. Amen, I built you and now I bought you. Hallelujah. I want to tell you what. Thank God. Thank God. He built me. But hallelujah, 37 years ago, he bought me. He didn't borrow me. He didn't put a down loan on me. But thank God, he purchased my redemption with his precious blood. You say, Pastor, calm down. It ain't time to calm down. It's time to get fired up. And if you're here this morning and you're, you're borrowed, 
I could understand your complacency. But if you're here this morning and you've been purchased, man, somebody ought to shout. Somebody at least ought to smile and say, he's talking about me. How I many y'all looking at somebody? He's talking about me. I'm a collector's model. I'm a, I'm a designer edition. I mean, he's talking about me. I've been bought. I've been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ. Old story, old story. Nicholas II. Nikolai Romanov was his name. Powerful man. He was the czar of Russia. Nikolai Romanov. And they said about, about Nicholas II, that he was concerned about his army. And they said occasionally he would disguise himself like an enlisted man and he would walk into his outpost where his soldiers were just to inspect, just to inspect his company, you know, inspect his soldiers. One night, Nicholas II, the czar of Russia, walked into one of his outposts there and it was late, late, late. He would often go in late at night where nobody would, would uh, notice and that night as he went into the, into the outpost, he noticed that there was a, a light on in, the, in one of the little sheds there where the, uh, where the soldier that handed all the money, that's where he resided. And so anyway, he went over there. Well, that young man, that young soldier had got a gambling problem. He started gambling. He started losing. He spent all his money. And so then he thought, well, maybe I can take some money out of the, the pot here, out of the outpost pot, and I'll gamble it, but I'll win it back. And he said, I'll win more. And he said, I'll pay it all back, and I'll have, I'll have some money. So he began to pilfer funds out of the, the soldier's account. You know what happened? He lost it too. And he got in such great debt he began to look at that ledger and, and he was in such great debt that there was no way of covering it up. It was going to be found out. And they said that this young man finally got to the end of his rope. Or at least it felt like he was. That night he took that, that ledger, he, he opened that ledger up and he looked at all that debt that he had incurred. And they said that he took out a marker and he wrote across the page so great a debt who can pay? He took out his service revolver and he cocked back the hammer and he said, I'm going to take my life. Put that gun to his head and he was just emotionally, he was exhausted and he sort of passed out or was unconscious for a little while. That was the night that Nicholas II walked into the outpost. He saw that light on that little room and he walked in there and there was that soldier with that gun in his hand, the hammer cocked back. Nicholas II looked at that ledger and he saw those words, so great a debt, who can pay? And he began to figure out the situation. He knew that young man was going to commit suicide. A little time passed and all of a sudden that, 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 that recruit came, came to himself. He woke up and here's the gun, cocked back. Here's the gun in his hand. And he, and he stood and he, he took that pistol and he, he put it to his temple and he was just getting ready to pull the, the trigger and he looked down at that ledger. So great a debt. Who can pay? But, 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 but something had changed. And now underneath that was these words, paid 
in full. Nicholas II, czar of Russia. Whew, well, I'm telling you, folks, y'all better pray for me. I'm, I, somebody got a nice natural glycerin. I'm about to need one right now. I'm telling you. I've been purchased. I've been bought. I'm not borrowed. I belong. Listen, I belong to him. Oh, <laughs> Brother Rick, I wish I could sing it. And I'd sing something like this. Behold the man upon the cross. My sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. The songwriter said, I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. If you're here this morning and you're borrowed, you just go off to sleep. But for those who are here this morning and you're bought, you belong to the Master. You belong to Jesus Christ. You're in the hand of the Lord today. You say, preacher, salvation's free. It's free to you. It was expensive to him. And Jesus Christ came and, and bled and suffered and agonized and really, church, paid your hell and mine so we could have heaven. Bought. Bought. Hey, Brother Brandon, I'm the only receipt. He doesn't have all my, I'm the only receipt. He bought me. Not a room, not a boat, not a, not a lunch. He bought me. Her name was Elizabeth Keckley. She was a slave in Missouri before the Civil War. Her greatest desire was to purchase her freedom back in the days of slavery. And we know that slavery was a scourge in America. And her greatest desire was to purchase freedom for herself and her son, but she could not. Keckley worked as a seamstress and she was good at what she'd done. And she came up with a plan that if she could go to New York and work, she could raise enough money to raise the money to, to purchase her freedom. But her owner feared that if he gave her leave to do that, she would never return to him. But Elizabeth Keckley had some wealthy clients in St. Louis, Missouri. And they paid the price for Elizabeth Keckley and her son to be free. Elizabeth Keckley, you never heard of her probably. 
She was a slave. <laughs> Good gracious. She was a slave. But somebody purchased her freedom. Amen. And Elizabeth Kickley moved to Washington, D.C., and she became a dressmaker for a person's wife by the name of Abraham Lincoln. And she made the dresses for the President of the United States' wife. You know why? Somebody set her free. Somebody bought her, gave her freedom. Somebody bought you today, gave you freedom. Preacher, do we have to come back to church tonight? Don't have to. Get to. You know why? I'm bought. Bought. Preacher, do we have to pass out a gospel tract? Don't have to. Get to. You know why? I'm bought. I'm purchased. I'm a designer model. I'm custom made. Would you bow your heads with me this morning, please? Father, I thank you so much for this time we've had together today. I want to thank you for the message. God, how my heart has been stirred today. God, I'm glad I'm not borrowed. I'm glad I'm bought. And I'm not only bought, but thank God I'm paid for. Lord, my, I'm paid in full because of your so great salvation. I'm on my way to heaven. Father, if nothing else, I wonder if maybe somebody just needs to come down to this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Thanks for buying me. Thank you for purchasing my freedom. God, it could be today there's somebody here and they don't know for sure that they're saved and going to heaven. And I pray today before this service is done that they will come. And I pray they'll accept Christ as their personal Savior. Have your way in the invitation. Lord, maybe somebody needs to come down to this old-fashioned altar today and rededicate their life to Jesus Christ. Why? Because they've been bought. They've been purchased. Maybe somebody needs to come down here today and say, say, Lord, I'm surrendering to a ministry in the church. I'm getting plugged in. Why? Because I've been bought. I've been purchased. Father, I pray you'll have your way in this invitation, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning, very quietly all over the house, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask a question or two, and we're going to have the pianist play. First of all, I wonder how many may be here today, and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved and going to heaven when I die. If you can honestly say that, would you raise your hand up this morning? You can take it right back down. God bless every one of you. I wonder if there may be one here today, though, who would raise your hand very honestly, and you'd raise it high, and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. If I died, I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. Pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. You'd slip your hand up right now. Is there one like that anywhere? You'd raise it high. Raise it up way high and wave at me this morning. You'd say, Pastor, it's me. If I died, I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one like that anywhere? Anywhere? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Child of God, are you excited that you're bought? Aren't you excited you're the only receipt in this coffer? You're the only receipt in this file cabinet. Everything else he borrowed, but you he purchased. Father, I pray you'd have your way in the invitation. Blessed we pray in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, the pencil play. 
you need to come, several, several have made their way to an old-fashioned altar today. If you need to come, the altar's open. Would you come while we wait? If you're here this morning and you need prayer, maybe you've got a burden or you've got something going on in your life and you need a prayer partner today, if you'll come, pastor will pray with you or I'll have somebody pray with you today. We're going to pause just for, just for a moment. We're going to pause. And uh, let's let the Lord work. You come while we wait.